The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. The press coverage show. We go back and look at some of the headlines from Sunday on Monday. A little bit of a deeper dive. Joining me to do so, Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, buddy? How we doing? What's up, Will? How you doing? Uh, good. <laughs> We're having like this. It's it's always funny when you have like a spirited conversation before the podcast and you have to like, we like, hold on. We, we have to stop this like the enjoyable discussion, like rant about. We were ranting about Marvel movies um maybe one day we should just do a spin-off there there is 100 percent a market for sports podcast pod, podcast conversations before the podcast starts i feel like i would listen to every podcast like the whatever you want to call it the 15 minutes before you actually start i'd listen to every single i don't even care what podcast it is i want that conversation I, it, that's a great call it's like the um Sort of like the like the muffin top corollary, right? Like you know, like yeah. it's, I felt where it's like you like you know I don't want the I don't want the actual muffin. I want this the top of the like Brady. I swear, and we just had to stop like talking before the shows because like Brady before we do like Brady Quinn shows, we would have like ten minutes of just hilarious, like just and it'd be like, why are we not recording this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, we were sort of ranting, you know, we were ranting on Marvel comics, but um, in in order to avoid <clears throat> any bosses nameless bosses yelling at me for distracting from the football talk let's uh let's dive right in shall we let's do it think, uh, and look, we're gonna start um all four of the AFC, AFC East teams are in the Sounds playoffs like right now wild the AFC East like I mean if you had told somebody before the season that all four teams in the AFC East would be above 500 after 10 weeks of football I don't think anybody would believe you Right. I mean, if, if we're talking about, we talked about those situations where it's like, let's list out situations that are impossible before the season. Yeah. It, it, like, let's say after 10 weeks, all four AFC's teams will be in the playoffs and just, you know, if, the, if obviously the playoffs started today and just one AFC West team will be in. People will be like, that is the stupidest take I've ever heard in my life. And you're lying. You're like, like that, that's not conceivable and it won't happen. And yet here we are. It's happening anyway. Like, what would you put that at? Is that a 50 to one? Is that a hundred to one? I mean, that the Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills would all be play playoff teams after after 10 weeks. And the I mean, Denver's three and six, Vegas is two and seven. Like they're just probably not gonna make the playoffs. The Chargers are the first team out in the in the AFC, but I mean, I think it would be like five hundred to one. What what number would I have had to offer you for you to put 
$100 on it. Because that's a, that's a good litmus test. Because it's like, if you're like, oh, I'll put a dollar on it, like whatever, right, right. throw it away. But like to put $100 on it, I don't think you do it for 50 No, I think if you gave me like 75 to one, I'd, okay. I'd think about it. Because you got to do, you do have to remember this. I mean, as much as we're shocked about how this has turned out, you can talk yourself into it when you really start to think about it. Because we all, we were saying about the New York Jets. It had, the Jets have to be good. Right. And we were saying, listen, this team had a fantastic draft. It's not like there was so much negativity about them going into the year, as, as we may think. All of it was about the quarterback and what Zach Wilson does. Everything else around it, we were like, listen, they're building something pretty good here. Like, they're kind of following that Bills mode. So, you know, it's all about Wilson. If he stinks, then this team's probably not going to be that good. And, and let's see what happens this weekend when they host the when they host the New England, or the Patriots uh, when they when they go to New England to face the Patriots that's a sneaky huge game on this slate. Should we should we tell Billy his audio is on or just let him like continue to like mi- microwave whatever he's eating for lunch? <laughs> well, I'm uh, curious to see what he's cooking. I know, I know. I was kind of curious what he's pulling out of the microwave. Billy, what are you cooking? Uh, I was throwing some, I was, I was some things in the air fryer. I honestly forgot that I was. Not yeah, we know that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want you to be like. Here go these idiots again, like under your breath or something like that. <laughs> like, no, 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 yeah. I was just, I was just air frying some uh, ravioli. So. Ooh, air frying ravioli. What kind of ravioli? Yeah. I, love, I love ravioli. I like cheese ravioli, so like they're like right. little nice cheese ravioli. Is it? But nice is it like, mini ones. Is it like like a? They're um, frozen. They were like frozen and then yeah, like breaded. Yeah. Okay. Again, not not to de- not to deviate too much from football. I got a little crock pot going upstairs. Some shredded oh, chicken well, going on. So uh, we're, we're, okay. we're cruising upstairs. We're, we're doing all right here. We'll take a break. We'll take a break and discuss some crock pot. What um what do you got in the crock pot? Uh some uh it's like a it's called it's like a steakhouse sauce, but it's chicken and it's gonna be, we're doing some. Might have some nice stuff. Recipe. Yeah, it's some nice stuff. I do. So, um, uh, I know my way on the crock pot. Again, very easy thing to cook, but I know I know how to do it. I um so I uh my my buddy Jake and his wife Michelle just had a, a baby and um so you do the meal train thing you know about meal trains yeah yeah, right, right, yeah. so uh, I signed up and um I was like I was like I I make up this quinoa Mexican quinoa casserole in the crock pot Ooh. and it's all it's like awesome it's like you know it's, it's got like black beans uh, peppers um you know the quinoa gives it a nice like flavor you get the, you know, it, anyway it's turkey sauce or turkey excuse me ground turkey in there um. I was going to make it for him, and I got all the stuff, and I, I realized that my crock my crock pot had broken. Oh no! And so I had to pivot and make it in the Instapot. And I was like, ma- I was like, call- I called Jake. I was like, at like I was supposed to be over there at like six thirty. It was like six fifteen. I was like, listen, um, I don't know how this is going to come out because I've never done it in the Instapot. Uh, if there's a place you want to go food from instead, it actually ended up being really good. Oh good. Um, but uh, but you know the, the one the Instapots are great because you can actually saute in there. Oh really? See, I don't have an Instapot. That's it's, one, it's nice. That's one thing I can, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna get yelled at for this. But, uh, but yeah, love a good crockpot. Uh, email me that steakhouse sauce. Yeah, I will. Seriously. Um, back to the AFC East, <laughs> the crockpot of 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 <laughs> professional football. Um, the so the Bills are the sixth seed right now. You know what's crazy? You know what's even crazier about our, you know, this AFC East conversation? We're going into week 11, and you not only can you say that every single team is in the playoffs if the season ended today, you could also make the argument that the Bills are the team that's trending in the wrong direct, the worst direction out of all of them. Again, not that they're not going to, you know, go the, the you know, they're not going to go the furthest or anything like that, but at the moment, this team does feel like they're kind of on the downswing while everybody else in that division kind of feels like they have some positive momentum. I, I, I think it's a great point. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know. And I, we talked about this on the podcast, obviously we, we spent 30 minutes on the, uh, on the bills Vikings game. Like mm. that's how, and yeah. it didn't feel like, um, it didn't feel like it was like too much either. No. You know, like it felt like that, like that big a game, that important. And um, this, I thought this is a great, good headline. Uh, week NFL week 10 overreaction to reality checks by our own Jeff Kerr. Can Kirk Cousins reach the Super Bowl? Is Josh Allen regressing? Now, I don't think Josh Allen is regressing. And that's not me. That's not me questioning Jeff's um, uh, headline here at all. I do think that Josh Allen is uh, uh, not healthy. <laughs> and, and I think that maybe he is regressing, if it, but but is regression caused by uh, his his UCL injury, the elbow injury that's been reported? Like the last ten quarters for Josh Allen have not been very good. And I mean, you look at—I mean, for me, the most jarring thing was that game ceiling interception the other day to Pat Pat Peterson. I mean, it—I don't know what he was looking at because the I, the broadcast had a great angle because it was behind the line of scrimmage. You could see it was almost like an all twenty-two view of what he was looking at. And it was Gabe Davis going over the middle of the field, deep in the end zone. And not only was the, the throw questionable, but the way in which he threw it as well, it's not like he was trying to loft it over a couple of defensive backs and kind of rainbowed it to Gabe Davis to try to get the touchdown. He was trying to bullet it through the secondary on a seed. And there was really no window there for him to find it. I mean, if he did, it's it's arguably the throw of the year. There was no clear path for him. Peterson was right there to go pick it off. To me, the vision is what's concerning because I feel like we saw that last week against New York as well. It, you know, yeah, maybe could that be caused by the elbow or, or whatever? But to me, it's more vision right now for Josh Allen because I thought he threw the ball fine and he's running around. He's, you know, he's unbelievably tough. He's a huge, huge physical specimen to really just barrel over guys. To me, it was the vision that I think was the more underrated thing that he's been lacking over the last couple of weeks. I, I, I tend to think, though, too, that um, – and we – somebody – we talked about this last night, and I just can't remember. I, I'm, I'm exhausted right now for some reason. I, I just, I'm just very – I've had – I'm very tired. Um, but, like, I uh, – like, I'm trying – we're talking about the fact that Josh Allen, the elbow situation is going to cause – a change in his mechanics, a change in his velocity, a change in his ability to make the throws that he wants to make. I also sort of wonder, did that elbow, does the elbow situation and his arm in an, in, in any way help to facilitate that fumble on the one yard line that, you know, I mean, cause you're gripping the ball. Yeah. Like he, you know, early in the game, he'd been, he was down, he was down the ground. He's holding his elbow. Um, You know, he's not making the throws that we we've seen him make. He's still playing the way that he wants to play, and I think that's dangerous. And to me, it's like you know, you make that tackle on the on the interception. Like this, I, I don't understand what what I want to know is: can, would it be possible for Josh Allen to sit several weeks and have the injury improve, or is it simply he has to play through it, and it's just a matter of time until it causes his season to end? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I don't know, obviously. I, you know, I, I don't, don't know, the, I answer don't know the answer to that because I'm not, you know, not a licensed medical professional. But, it, you know, it, again, you could you could probably make the argument either way. But right now, I, I just think that Buffalo can't afford to sit Josh Allen. They're not in a position to – they're not Philadelphia where they ripped off eight straight wins to begin the year and you can kind of cherry-pick things if you really wanted to. Like you just said, would you say that the, the sixth seed – in the AFC yeah. right now, I mean, they 
needs to, some catching up to do. And we've talked about it before. I, I think Baltimore has a chance to go on a run for a number one seed just because of their schedule. Kansas City continues to look like Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. They're going to continue to pile up wins. You need Buffalo is such a home field advantage. Obviously, wasn't the case yesterday, but still, that is an atmosphere that you want to play in when you're the Buffalo Bills and you're the home team. If all of a sudden you're telling me that that's not even, you know, that's one round, that's a divisional that's round game, a, a wild card weekend game. Oh, you're talking about even just the divisional win. Yeah. For right. Sure. It's just that's that's crazy to me. And so, you know, as much as the elbow thing is going to get a lot of discussion, and rightfully so. There's another big picture question that stretches beyond that with the Buffalo Bills, and it's whether or not they can win one-score games because that has been a huge problem for this team well before Josh Allen started dealing with this elbow problem. You go back to last year, they were 0-6 in one-possession games. You look at this season, they're 2-3 and in one-possession games, including losing the last two games against, the obviously, the Minnesota Vikings and New York Jets. That's a concern. And we talk about the addition of Von Miller in the 13 seconds against Kansas City last year and how that a guy like that can help and that can take you over the top defensively and help you shut down teams. So far, you're two and three in that respect this year. And I don't know whether it's a combination of Allen struggling because of his injuries or if the defense isn't shutting things down. To me, that's the biggest problem for this team right now. They can't seem to put teams away when they have all the firepower. And you look at, I think, um, you look at the win probability. I just looked at ESPNs because I know how to find it really quickly. But 97.6% win probability for the Bills uh, with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And they had a 14-point lead. They had a 10-point lead in the 14-point lead in the third quarter, a 10-point lead in the in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, we've seen a lot of this in the NFL this year, and I do think that the that the league has purposely, um, cre- the, the league likes the idea of teams being able to storm back from big deficits and to stay involved in games in which, you know, might otherwise be blowouts. I, I think, I think the league has crafted, uh, you know, a series of rules and, and sort of set it up in, in a way to make that viable. Um, the, the officials were also pretty bad in that game, in this game uh, you know, it was oh, yeah. in Minnesota, but like, I mean, I, I agree with you. If Buffalo is forced to play as a wild card, it's going to mean a couple of things. One, no home field advantage. You point out two, it means Josh Allen's playing all 18, like he's playing all 17 games. Like he's not going to be sitting, he's going to be resting in week 18 when you would love to get him a free week. Plus into the, you know, like if you had the number one seed, which it looked like they were locked into when they beat the Chiefs, you have, you know, you would get the week, you potentially sit week 18, rest him then. You get, of course, the bye, which is massive if you're trying to rest your quarterback. I just don't know how many times Sully, Josh, like can Josh Allen throw 43 times a week for the rest of the season without his arm? falling off I you know the guy's tough I'm sure he'll play through it I, I just would love to know you know they listen to him as hour by hour which is you know coach talk but it's like I would just love to know what the options are for Buffalo in terms of Josh Allen and I agree with you they don't they can't really afford to sit him but if I would rather have healthy case Keenum for four weeks I said do it the, the starting with the Vikings and then the next two weeks you rest him and then you have three divisional games which is looking like it's going to determine, you know, who gets yeah. that seed. I would rather rest him, play Case Keenum, try and win with, you know, use your defense, try and steal some wins, and then have healthy Allen down the stretch. Because if 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 this is what we're getting for the rest of the year, the the, the Bills are not going to be, you know, the Bills are not going to be who we thought they were. To to paraphrase 
uh, Denny Green. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we come back. The Raiders, the Colts, trouble in Las Vegas. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Colts, which I actually predicted. In the, in the revenge game parlay, although I didn't actually profit any profit whatsoever off of it, which is pretty embarrassing. Um, what's the bigger story coming out of this game? Is it the Jeff Saturday win or the Josh McDaniels loss? It's the Josh McDaniels loss to me. It, you know, we see this, we do see this all the time in, in the NFL. When a team fires their head coach, there is a bounce back that next game. There's ga- everybody galvanizes and they, it's us against them, and we're going to go and, and kind of show that we're respectable. We didn't, I don't think collectively, I mean, maybe you, you did because you said that they were going to win, but I think a lot of us kind of scoffed at that idea, that possibility, just because you're talking about stuff that we talked about last week. I didn't you, really believe they were going to win. A first-time head coach that's in, in every sense of the word a first-time head coach. No offensive play callers with legitimate experience. So that is just a massive you know, swing there. So I don't know if we're necessarily saying, okay, they're going to you know, figure things out. And also, we didn't know that Matt Ryan was going to play in this game. That's a whole other thing, too. I think that that would have yeah. changed my, at least my perception of it when we talk about the play callers. Because in the opening press conference, they were saying Sam Ellinger is the guy. That was who was going to start. And all of a sudden, pregame, it, it was, you know, here comes Matt Ryan working with the first-team offense. And so clearly, when you switch things, from a former MVP to a, you know, basically got what third or fourth start in his career. Clearly yeah. that's going to make a difference for them, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be what's going on in Las Vegas. And I don't know. I know you can't get rid. I don't know. I don't, I know that you don't want to get rid of Josh McDaniels right now, but boy, if this was ever going to happen, if, if he wasn't in his first year, like if, if, if he, Again, we talk about the Cliff Kingsbury and the Josh McDaniels stuff. Like they have big contracts. These co- these teams don't want to have to pay him for not working. Like if Josh McDaniels in the like the they had two more, they had a year left on his contract, he gone. Yeah, you know. It's, or if or if if, if the fight if the financials weren't a ramification, a serious ramification, because they are. I mean, like the Raiders, just, the Raiders and the Cardinals specifically, just don't have as much money. If those weren't serious like financial considerations, he's he's fired. Um, you see the headline to the to our left uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, subscribe, rate, and review, or subscribe, turn on alerts, smash the like button. Devontae Adams questions Raiders' commitment after another loss. Same thing as all the other weeks, pretty much. The perennial all-pro wideout dejectedly said, guys have, to got to play, guys have got to play for one another, play a full game. That's 60 minutes from start to finish, coming out starting fast and closing out games, taking on that burden. 
wanting to be the guy that to make the play. Don't got enough guys that are fully bought into that right now. I think people like the idea, but when it comes time to actually execute, it don't turn out that way. Man, that to me is, and we like to play read between the lines of Brady Quinn, but I mean, like when you question your teammates' commitment, I, I think, you, I mean, you obviously, you know, throw, you know, you are saying, hey, like these guys aren't trying hard enough, but like I think it also questions your coach. I was just going to say that. That is, Devontae Adams is telling you without explicitly saying it and maybe not even really meaning it, that the message that Josh McDaniels is providing to the team is just not getting through. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just not whatever he is saying in the meetings and, you know, prior to the games and what he is trying to instill in this team is not coming through. And it's a little bit surprising to me because there was, I feel, a, a, a really an effort put through this offseason when he took the job with Las Vegas to bring in a couple of veteran former New England Patriots players, Brandon Bolden, Deron Harmon, and they all talked about instilling that type of Patriots culture. Now, it could be, and I don't think that necessarily this is exactly going to be the case because I, because McDaniels essentially said, said as much. One of his biggest mistakes in Denver was, like all of these Belichick disciples, trying to be too much like Bill Belichick. Right. Trying to recreate that type of a culture when you don't really have the merits to do so. Belichick can point to all of his previous success and say, this is why I'm doing this. You're Josh McDaniels. Yeah, you were along for the ride for a lot of that and a big contributor on on the offense, but you don't really have that same cachet. I do wonder if maybe he's not almost doing a carbon copy of what's going on in New England, but even if it's 75, 60% of it, is that still ringing hollow to a lot of these players? Yeah, and you know McDaniel's wanted to be less brash, less cocky, more you know humble in his in his in his return to head, being a head coach. I think he's done a good job of that. Like I don't think he's been a like the only sideshow is the fact that he's losing all these games. You know, like if the Raiders were five hundred and had just had a couple tough one score losses, I think we'd say you know difficult division, first year head coach, a, a serious lack of talent on the roster, particularly because of the Mike Mayock, John Gruden drafts that just left them without you know just wasted first round picks on players. Although you know Josh Jacobs has been very good this year, um, you know I, I think it is so tough, man. I, I don't, I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm not huge into firing coaches in their first year. I think it's. I think it's a. It's a crazy move, especially when you you know you went and get, like you went and got the guy Josh McDaniels, who people have been trying you know to drag out of New England for years. You know, obviously the the Denver thing happened back in 2010, but then they went to Indy, then went back, and and people his name is always in these coaching cycles. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they'll fire him after one year. I don't think the fire him in the middle of one year, but I mean, who knows? We I mean, you see what happens in Indianapolis. Like you never know. Um, I mean, would, would, wouldn't it be somewhat poetic if all of a sudden a 25 to 20 loss to the Indianapolis Colts, the team he infamously left at the altar. Yep. And then the following week he has to go to Denver, oh, the no. team he used to formerly coach. Oh, no. And if all of a sudden you put a, lackluster type of outing that we've seen over these last against few the lackluster weeks Broncos team against the Broncos team that could can do nothing. Yeah. If, if all of a sudden that is the nail in the coffin, that is some, some, some deep sick, level irony. Isn't it? That is some sick, sick, twisted NFL gods playing. Uh, right and I love, I love some irony. Um, his, so let's look at the schedule for the Raiders. They have, Oh gosh, they're at Denver and then at Seattle. Hey, uh, and then Chargers at home. 
three pretty huge games. Winnable games. Yes. You can win those games. Yes. You won't be favored in any of them, but you can win those games. Um, they've got, it's, 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 it's just at some point, you know, I mean, do you think Mark Davis regret, wishes he still had Rich Passaccia in there? I mean, like, I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, they seem to play tough last year. I mean, again, it's tough to, it's tough to translate what the 2021 Raiders did as opposed to the yeah. 2022 Raiders are doing. But I mean, it did feel like they had some sort of a culture, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting. As much as you're saying, oh my yeah, god, they still have to play the Pats too. Well, well, that's where that's Jeez where I was getting Louise. at because that's a game that obviously a, a bunch of people up here are circling. It's a huge, huge travel Sunday night game, game too. It's, that that place is going to be littered with forty five year old Teddy Bruschi jersey beer loving guys. <laughs> I'll tell you too. It's interesting, Sully, when we look at the schedule. So they have, we mentioned at Broncos, at Seahawks, first Chargers at home. All four o'clock window games. You know, probably. A, a, Smells like CBS games. The next three games after that, at Rams versus the Patriots, at the Steelers are all on prime time, but the Pittsburgh game is on Christmas Eve. That is how – that's a recipe for getting fired. Well, this is, where I, this is where I was getting at with the Patriots stuff. That Rams game is on a Thursday night. It's a Thursday night football game, obviously on Amazon. That is a window when you go from that Thursday to this next Sunday – that's a very common kind of pocket where we see quarterback changes, where we see coach firings. My question would be, does he make it to the Patriots game? If you go 0-4, and, and which is again, we say that they're winnable games, they're also losable games. I, I don't oh, know yeah. if you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna be I mean, it depends on what happens with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford over these next few weeks. But right. in Los Angeles against the Rams, you're probably gonna be the underdog in that game. If all of a sudden you lose on that stage to a Rams team that has been historically bad as a defending champion, that might do it. An 0-4, which would mean you have lost then seven in a row, that's that's then you're getting into red alert area. Yeah, and let's not forget either that, you know, the, the win against Houston, by the way, in week seven coming off the bye feels like a of a million years ago since then at new orleans they lose 24 nothing just shut out completely humiliated by new orleans defense you go at jacksonville and lose 27 20 with a big lead you know i think that 17 point lead to the jaguars, 17, point, you blow a 17 point lead to the jaguars and then you get jeff saturday at home in his coaching debut against what you thought was sam ellinger turns out to be my right by the way just to we'll, we'll touch on saturday too but like the fact that he's able to at the last minute just he's like no i'm playing matt ryan when frank wright couldn't is uh kind of stupid but also i think speaks to just like how much he's been giving carte blanche in in indianapolis to do whatever sure. he wants um you know they have that o the ot loss to the cardinals the, the losses are just ugly like there's no like it's not like all right you're just being i mean i, I guess you could i guess you could argue they're like all right let's say there's less talent on this team than they than we think the fact that they're in these games is that does that helpful? I mean, not not doesn't, doesn't matter for the public perception. I think he makes it to New England. I don't think they'll fire him before that game. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't think so. But I'm just saying, when you look at the the road that they could potentially be going down, it would be grounds to be fired. I don't know if it necessarily happens I, because again, so much turnover for that organization. You do want some stability, and I do wonder quickly. How where where is the decision making process going to be? Is it going to be 
Mark Davis is making that call, and he's negotiating with Dave Ziegler, the new GM, who is with Josh McDaniels. They came over together from New England. It, or is he looking at this entire package and saying, listen, I committed to this. Let me let me see this thing through, at least through a draft, so we can see how they develop, because that's obviously a huge thing that this team has struggled with. What, what was his contract? I don't know. I mean, I just remember they were, like, really weird about um, – his hiring, like, remember, like, uh, uh, it was Florio the- tweeted out the buyout, maybe the only thing saving Josh McDaniels becoming the New England offensive coordinator next week. Um, yeah, I'd be curious. To- I think I'd rather Frank Reich at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're, yeah, you don't want him in there. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I need, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what his contract was. It wasn't like, it wasn't. It, it can't be a small contract. No, because it's the second time hot, second time as a head coach, super successful yeah. with New England in terms of resume, hot candidate. As much as we're saying this is going poorly, hot candidate always was very choosy in how he wanted to do it. So I, I don't know exactly, but I know yeah, that they, that, I know that they were weird. That contracts are not released from the coach, yeah. coaching standpoint, but you have to think that, I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's more than, it's probably, let's see, uh, I mean, do how many years was it? I mean, I, I would say somewhere between what? Let's say it's a four-year deal. I just hypothetically, twenty million. I mean, it's twenty million dollars, sure, at least. Yeah. Yes, I mean that's just something that's tough to stomach. Even if it's five years, let's say it's five years, five million, twenty-five million dollars. Like, you got to get through three years of that. I think. Right, and we've talked about this before. This could be a, you know, a, a drawn-out type of you know, soul searching effort where you move, you strip away the quarterback first. Then if that doesn't work and they don't bring in their quote unquote quarterback, whether that be somebody in the draft, is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Tom Brady? Like, you know, you can, you could, you could point to a bunch of different guys that are potentially on the market for them to replace Derek Carr with. But I think that that would be the first move. And again, you're not seeing that move until the off season until 2023. Uh, Billy Chawson in Slack that just says it's like four, it's, and it's again, it's tough. It's a Google, it's like you don't have to, yeah, you, know, you don't have to release the stuff, but um, like you do with the players, uh, four years, $6.13 million. So, I mean, you're we're talking $25 million range if you wanted to get rid of him right now. I don't think Mark Davis would want to do that. I think, given what happened with John Gruden, um, he, I think he'll want to try to get try to see, two, you know, look, if they go two and 15. And then he comes back and they lose their first six games next year. Maybe that's a whole different ball game. Like if he yeah. just sucks, but you know, you, you kind of, I mean, you got to give him like, I don't know. You gave him, yeah, I think you have to give him at least one more off season and see how it goes. And look, they could win for the next five games. Is it likely to happen? No, because they haven't been very good, but they're in these one score games most of the time. So I, I think that that's, that's sort of where I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like overly preach patience here. I just think it's, um, it's a little bit of a folly to suggest that Mark, like financially speaking, Mark Davis just move on right away. Yeah. I just think the biggest thing that we can take away, obviously you can very much see that they're not playing well. They're losing these games in, in tight in tough fashion. To me, the most damning thing is what we brought up earlier. The Devonte Adams quote where yeah. it's telling you that the message isn't getting through. It's not that there's poor execution on certain plays and, you know, Derek Carr throws an interception or Josh Jacob fumbles or, or whatever. Like you can, you could talk away even, you know, the 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 Josh Allen fumbles in the goal. Like you can you could say, okay, listen, he's injured, there's things happening. You can't really say that right now with Vegas. And when you have your star player, your best player on offense and Devontae Adams, 
basically saying when you read between the lines, the message isn't really coming through. That's what concerns me most when we talk about Josh McDaniels as job security. Absolutely. Um, let's start on the other side too. Jeff, Jeff Saturday gets the win. Can you hear my dog barking? I heard it just once, but that okay. was it. I'm going to go. All right. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jeff Saturday's victory? He said going to get his dog and tell him to shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, like super impressive. It, it, like we were saying earlier, too, the, the, the fact that Matt Ryan played in this game, I think, changes it because I didn't think that they were going to win at all. I thought that this was going to be a game where he, he, Sam Ellinger probably has a couple of drives and you're, you're talking about single digits. I mean, I had the under in this game and that that, that shot me in the foot. So the fact that you have a guy like Matt Ryan leading your offense, I do think helped kind of stabilize things a little bit more because like we were saying earlier, it's not like there was complete unknowns in terms of the play callers, whether it be Saturday or the interim offensive coordinator, you had Matt Ryan, there, a former MVP, someone that has the ability, not like Sam Ellinger, who is so green. I think that helped you immensely in this game. And ultimately, you did have a vintage performance from jo uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think that that obviously sparked things offensively. But you do look at it, and, and I think uh, our, one of our editors, Kevin, said this um, in the Slack room this morning talking about Saturday. I, it is going to be funny if all of a sudden we kind of find out that, like, you do need different qualifications to be a head coach. It shouldn't just be the elevation from coordinator to head coach. So it's maybe, a funny juxtaposition with, uh, with uh, Josh McDaniels too, right? Maybe, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, maybe there is something to be said for just having that ability to galvanize and to lead a group and know where to delegate and know where to say. Oh, hey, yeah, 100%. Like, I, I don't need to call plays. You know how to execute in certain certain situations and know to put the right people in power to do those things. So that's going to be a fascinating thing. Again, it, it's really weird how he got the job. It's really, you know, it's just a, it's an odd situation all around, but it would be kind of hilarious if all of a sudden this thing worked and you're like, oh yeah, you actually can find, I don't know, necessarily former players, but those types of guys that just lead a room and you and you put the put those coordinators in their spots i do think and i i don't disagree with you um i do think that it's a little bit of an overreaction like coming back the other oh, way for now, sure where we're like well i know we all laughed i know we all laughed at our laughs last week but maybe we should uh pump the brakes on killing jeff saturday like their next three games at the colts excuse me at the colts uh, eagles at home steelers at home at the cowboys I do wonder if this is a little bit of a, okay. Cause and, you know, the reality is when, you know, when a coach is fired, everyone, or when, an, when a coordinator is fired, everyone on that side of the ball or everyone on that team, it, it, you realize you're like, Oh, like we are like, you know, it, people's jobs. Like they like, say you are in fight or flight mode. Yeah. That is, and, that is what you are in, in those situations. Cause it's not just at this point, the, the band-aid's already been ripped off. Jobs are starting to get lost. Correct. You don't want to be the one that loses their job. So I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, and so, yeah. like, you see that immediate bounce back. Plus, you have this Jeff Saturday comes in and, and like, is giving the rah-rah stuff. And it's, you know, it works for week one against, you know, the first week against the Raiders on the road. You know, bad football team that, you know, clearly, like, I, I would bet, too, that a lot of the Raiders, even with their terrible record, thought we were going to smoke this Colts team. You know? Yeah. In the back of your mind, you're like, I mean... I think that they probably sit back and go, "This is our get right game." Yeah, and then they and then they come out flat. Uh, how? What do you think? How many games do the Colts win between now and their bye? 
I'm going to say zero. Yeah, zero. Two and one would be really good for them. Yeah, no. If they go two and one against the Eagles, Steelers, and Cowboys, and Jeff Saturday was like in coach of the year discussion. Right. That's that's not happening. I mean, you're you're realistically looking at, I mean, honestly, you're probably looking at two wins the rest of the way. Like if you can click Pittsburgh. Five weeks at week 14 at Minnesota versus the Chargers, at the Giants versus the Texans. I mean, what's the what's the win total that he need that that would like just guarantee him the job? I don't even think that there's a number. I think that it's a how is this team playing? (laughs) Say it again. Do you think it's a what thing? I I think it's a how the team is playing type of a thing. It's not necessarily you have to win X amount of games. Is the team lifeless? Does it look like the Raiders? Or are you kind of plucky? Are you like a commander's team that we've seen over the last few weeks with Heineke? Like you're just uh, you kind of yeah. No, no, I know. I agree. I agree completely. I think zero and eight, but like in in every game and you know, try like hustling and like everybody cares and, and all that. I think that would have still like, I think Jim Mercy wants to give him the job. Yeah. I think that's clear. I mean, yeah. I think you said it or somebody said it. I think you tweeted it. Like this does not look like when they were doing their, is there, there's introductory press conference. That didn't feel like a interim head coach introductory press conference. No, that I was, felt like I want this guy to be the face of my franchise. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, there's something to it where, you take the L, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to suggest that Jim Mercy is playing 4D chess or anything like this, but like you take the L now in the middle of the season for a week, and you could have made it easier by just not doing that crazy press conference. But like you, you, you take the L from the the public, the public law, like the public hit for hiring this guy with no coaching experience in the offseason in the, in the during the season, and and you give him the shot of like like you know again team tries hard, win a couple of games. You can then go through the the actual interview process, and you can point back to and say when you hire Jeff Saturday, you point back and say, "Look, he has head coaching experience. He was a head coach for half of a season, you know, and and we feel like this was a, he did a good job here. Whereas if you fire Frank Reich and promote John Fox to the interim, and then this offseason you do several interviews, you do your minority interviews to comply with the Rooney Rule, and then you interview Jeff Saturday, everybody's like, "Ah, that's that's hilarious! Like Jeff Saturday is the coach of the Colts. It would be it would be such a bigger deal." in the off season, like it was with Josh McCown yeah. uh, and, and, the, and the Texans, then it, then it, then it, it's still a big deal in the season, but it's like, you know what? We got to keep like, everybody's going to move on to the next week. You know, like, right. like as much as we're talking about it right now, everybody's talking about the Buffalo Vikings game. I mean, right. it's just thing. The cycle it wasn't, is so it was the, it was the third now. thing we talked about today. Right. Exactly. And meanwhile, so, if we have, I don't know, all of like, March to talk we, about. We need it's like we need a Tuesday podcast. Let's talk about it. Like we're gonna do Jeff Saturday all, and that's like, just like, and that's just the way the business rolls. I mean, that's yeah, just of course. But, and I say, again, I'm not trying to say that. I, I don't think Ursay is that clever to to know to do that to avoid the hit. But I don't I, know if it was to avoid the hit. I just think he genuinely wanted him to be the head coach, yeah. and this is a very easy way for him to not only put him in there right now. But later on, there is that, all right, well, if it doesn't work out, we can get rid of him. But if it does work out, now I have grounds to keep him. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, Saturday, in an interview with Peter King uh, for Football Morning in America, Peter King asked him uh, a week ago tonight, what were you doing? I was leaving Monday morning for ESPN, so I was actually at home. Jim Ursay called me and just said, hey, will you talk to Karen about this? See if you'd be willing to do it. He was going to talk to Chris Ballard and have a conversation with him. So Ursay called 
Jeff Saturday was like, what do you think? I will make you the head coach for the rest of the season. What do you think? And then was like, hey, Chris Ballard, here's what we're doing. And then he says, anyway, I talked to my wife that night. And he was asked about Bill Cowher. He said, I respect his opinion, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> he said, Joe Thomas, he said, asked him, he said, Joe Thomas said to the hire, when you hire your drinking buddy, um, Saturday said, I had, no, I had no idea that he said that. I can assure you, I've never gone drinking with Jim. I love that he like, <laughs> like he's like really focuses on the drinking aspect of this. I don't even know that Jim drinks. I don't drink very much either. I don't know, Joe. I'm not worried about what Joe thinks about me or anybody else, et cetera, et cetera. I thought, I mean, I thought he handled it pretty well because he got, he got thrashed. So like I, as much as I think Jim Irsay is a, 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 a total wild card, I, I, I give Jeff Saturday credit. Like, you know, they won the game and he said all the right things so far. Yeah. And again, you know, there are some people who are like, you know, why did he, he shouldn't have taken the job. Like, you, everybody's taking the job. Everybody's taking the job. No one is saying no to the job. And he also pointed out, he's like, you know, I was at ESPN when Aaron, Aaron Boone was there. And then two days later, he's the manager of the Yankees. It's a fair point. Like he said, he was like talking baseball with Aaron Boone on Sunday night. And it's like the next morning, Boone's gone. He's the manager of the Yankees. Um, and he talked with Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell. Um, you know, I don't pretend to be the smartest coach on the staff. I don't pretend to be something I'm not. Like he's like, I know football. I mean, again, I'm not saying that he's a great head coach. We've seen one game. It, winning that game in, 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 on the road in your first week definitely helps the narrative. I'll tell you that much. Sure, of course. I mean, if they if if they came out and had that lifeless performance that I think a lot of people expected, or not even lifeless, if they just got blown a, out by the Raiders. You're like, oh boy, <laughs> and and like it it looks like a high school team going up against a NFL team. Then you're like, yep. okay, what is going on here? At least this, like you're saying, tempers things down a little bit. But as we're as we're both saying here. We're not putting him in Canton right now. We're, 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 it's just one game. Let's see how it goes. They're probably going to win. They're going to lose more games than they win. And there are going to be some bad games. And there's going to be some questionable, inexperienced decision, you know, making as we go forward here. But right now, you you checked the box. You did, yep. you did, you did what you were supposed to do. Yep, absolutely. All right. We checked the box on a Monday. It's a press coverage show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll, uh, we'll bring back the Marvel and the, the Marvel Crockpot show later. Sully, it's always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it. For Sully, I'm Brinson. Talk to you guys later. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.